Is it possible to make it rain in the Sahara Desert? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Situated about 40 miles from the Persian Gulf, Basra is the second largest city in Iraq, with about 2.5 million people. Last week, protesters there took to the streets to express their outrage at the government due to the lack of power and clean water. Demonstrators set fire to nearly every government building and also burned the Iranian consulate, blaming that country for problems due to its influence over the Iraqi government. Vox reports that the city lacks basic services, including a shortage of electricity where temperatures can reach above 120 degrees Fahrenheit during the day. There's also a water contamination crisis that's caused many people to become ill with stomach-related problems. For months, cloudy, brownish-yellow water has been flowing out of Basra water taps, and residents say it's too salty and polluted even to be used for washing clothes. The Los Angeles Times reports that thousands have had to go to hospitals after drinking polluted water. A spokesperson for Mercy Corps, an NGO, told Al Jazeera that water tests showed fecal contamination was high while chlorine levels were low in water supplies, and there are worries of a cholera outbreak. The water problems are connected to climate change and drought. A lack of rainfall has decreased river flows, allowing salt water from the Persian Gulf to contaminate farmland and kill fish. The UN Security Council is warning that the failure of Iraq to manage climate-related risks will increase the likelihood of ISIS and other terrorist groups regaining strength. Days this summer were hot, but according to NOAA, so were the nights. Averaged over the U.S., low temperatures were the warmest in over 120 years of record-keeping. The summer heat is having effects. On Thursday, districts in New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut let school out early, and some canceled after-school sports. The head of the New York State United Teachers told the New York Times that the heat index from Long Island to central New York was above 100 and that kids in class were lethargic. So, in addition to snow days, now there may be heat days as the effects of global warming continue. After about five years of research and more than $30 million of funding, an unusual-looking vessel left San Francisco Bay on Saturday to start testing whether it can clean up plastic in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. System 001 was the idea of a 24-year-old man from the Netherlands, Boyan Slat, who was shocked by the number of plastic bags he saw while scuba diving as a teenager. The device is a motorless, U-shaped, 600-meter-long boom that floats with a three-meter skirt underneath. At sea, it acts like a shoreline, trapping plastic but allowing marine life to swim below it. It will communicate its position, allowing a ship to periodically come and clean out the captured plastic. All of that will be returned to land where it will be recycled. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is now estimated to be twice the size of Texas, with almost two trillion pieces of trash. While many are praising the project, it does have its skeptics, mainly due to the sheer amount of plastic pouring into oceans. A spokesperson for the Marine Conservation Society told the BBC that creatures that float on the surface, such as jellyfish, wouldn't be able to escape. Still, the project is promising enough that it's backed by the Dutch government and wealthy companies and investors. Could installing renewable energy in the Sahara Desert change the weather? 
According to new research led by a team from the University of Maryland, it could. The researchers looked at three scenarios, one just wind turbines, one just solar panels, and a third combining those two. The wind-only installation would cause more precipitation as warm air is brought closer to the ground, increasing vegetation. In the solar-only configuration, they found that precipitation would increase, but not as much as with wind. If wind and solar farms were combined in the Sahara, these effects would be enhanced. Average daily precipitation would be nearly one and a half times higher and could in turn increase rainfall in the Sahel by 20 inches a year. The study, published in the journal Science, notes that these effects are specific to installations in the Sahara, not other parts of the world where the landscape is different. As to why renewables would be put in the Sahara, they could generate 82 terawatts of electricity, far more than humans currently need. And finally this week, about a year ago, Louis Hornby's grandmother, who has dementia, was rushed to the hospital when her health rapidly declined. They discovered she had become severely dehydrated, but after 24 hours on IV fluids, she was back to her normal self. So shaken by how such a simple situation could lead to something serious, Hornby wondered how he could help his grandmother and others with dementia stay hydrated. According to the Alzheimer's site, there are many reasons why people with forms of dementia may become dehydrated, including forgetting to drink, not feeling thirsty, and being unable to swallow thin liquids. But Hornby observed that people with dementia find eating much easier than drinking. So after researching the issue and consulting with doctors, he invented jelly drops, water you can eat. Jelly drops are colorful, tear-shaped treats packaged in a container that looks like a candy box. Each of them contains 90% water along with electrolytes. It takes longer to break them down, giving the body a better chance to absorb the fluids. When Hornby first offered his grandmother the drops, she ate seven in 10 minutes, the equivalent of a glass of water, something that would have otherwise taken hours and required assistance. Not only has Hornby earned grandson of the year props, he's also received the prestigious James Dyson Award as well as other honors. Jelly drops are currently being tested in senior care facilities in the UK and Hornby hopes to get them into production. To see a video of his granny eating the drops and get links for more information, go to our website at h2oradio.org. Until next time, that's This Week in Water. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, highlighting the latest cost-effective strategies to manage aging infrastructure at the Water Infrastructure Conference and Expo, October 28th to 31st in Atlanta. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash H2O Infocon.